Good morning, this is your host Rusty James. It is Thursday, August 27, 2015, and this is the ride. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. It's good to have you along with me today. I'm gonna get right into it. This morning I was uh, wanting to learn a little bit about Hezekiah. I recommend you do the same at your leisure. Hezekiah was one of the kings in the Old Testament that did right in the sight of the Lord. And he's a great example of, oh, I don't know, doing the right thing even though all those around him were wanting to do the wrong thing. But I didn't get that far today because I was in uh, 2 Kings 17, I think it was. And something struck me, as it sometimes does. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Because this is, a, this is a part of the Old Testament where, you know, you've got different kings uh, of Israel and of Judah. And at this particular point of the story, Israel is being... Uh, stupid and not following the Lord their God. In fact, so much so that they forgot how to do it. You know, the they were putting up idols all over the place, worshiping other gods like Baal, having Asherah poles all over the place, which was a fertility thing. We don't celebrate fertility things in this day and age though, do we? I mean, haven't we moved away from that? Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot how many porn websites are out there. I'm sorry, that's like Asherah poles all over the place. And need we forget the, the, um, oh, I forget the name of it. That website that's, that had been hacked recently. I've, Ashley something I forget uh, that has I, I, I saw something yesterday that there were only at least in the US there were only three zip codes in the entirety of our nation that did not have um, you know people subscribing to that website which, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Ashley Madison, is that it? That was a website f to help propagate marital cheating. And it makes me sick. Three zip codes in the whole USA. All other zip codes in the USA had somebody on the list. Ah. Uh, Amazing. I think these these three zip codes were a couple of them were maybe in Alaska because they were small areas that didn't have much internet. And I forget where the other one was. But they were all pretty remote places. And you know, um so what that tells me is pretty much if you have a pulse then 
you maybe are prone to sin. Uh, I think I could have told you that one already. But anyway, back to my story. So, in Israel, they've got all these high places. And they would put these idols in high places. And they would put them under trees. And they would put them everywhere. And they would uh, do incense like the... uh, the uh, the prophets of these other fake gods and they would do these practices and it was detestable in the eyes of the Lord and it rose his anger but I was reading in chapter 17 something that just kind of blew me away because they uh, if I've got the story right They'd get a new king, and and the new king wouldn't have been taught the ways of the Lord. So then, when he became king, he really didn't know what was up, and just did what, you know, traditionally they did, which was worship other gods. And, you know, part of the whole problem of this, by the way, is they hadn't wiped out all the other groups before coming into the land into the promised land so these groups had footholds in areas of the promised land that they were supposed to have conquered fully with God's help he would have done it easily because they had begun to do that but they became familiar and I'm going to use that word again like I did from another podcast they became familiar It's like a familiar spirit. That's a term that we sometimes use in spiritual talk. Familiar spirits. Those spirits that we've become or that we've grown accustomed to. Do you have any familiar spirits in your life? I'm not saying that you're, you know, demonized and under the full control of something and can't, you know, like the guy that would throw himself in the fire in Jesus' time and all of these things. But but we do become familiar with spirits that are not good spirits. We become familiar with them. We don't challenge their presence in our life. We kind of assume that they're just there. It might be things like anger. It might be things like lust. It might be things like indifference to those who are in need. Very dangerous to grow accustomed to the familiar spirits. But anyway. 2 Kings. And I'm going to try to look look at this while I'm driving. And like, as you know, I have to be very cautious... There's no texting allowed. And lucky for me, I use my Facebook login and I can highlight scripture on this web page. It's like I have my own Bible here. It's cool. Oh, yeah. So, they start to... 
Israel starts to say, you know what, we, we kind of broke away from the Lord's ways. We need to figure some things out. So let's get, let's get some of the priests that know how this is supposed to work and have them help us out, teach us how we're supposed to worship God. Well, that's a good thing. How much, how much of our heart are we supposed to give to the Lord? A tenth? And the Bible talks about giving a tenth of, you know, the first fruits of your increase is the Lord's. And we know by now that really 100% of our increase is the Lord's. He's only asking for a part. Because really what we have, we're just keepers of it. We're... I keep forgetting that word. Ah, it'll come to me. The word is steward. It is a person employed to manage another's property. Are we supposed to give 10% of our heart? to the Lord in worship? How much, the, how much are we supposed to worship God? One-seventh? You know, one-seventh, that makes sense. Sundays. The rest of the days I don't need to worship God, right? Isn't, isn't that how it works? And what percent of our heart are we supposed to give the Lord? I think you all know the answer. Well, we need to give our whole heart to the Lord. Don't hold anything back. But what was interesting in this chapter is Israel would be worshiping all these other gods. And they, they listed all of these different ones. One of them was even required the sacrifice of their children. That just goes beyond my mental. That's beyond mental, man. But, but you know, that, that almost speaks to you as to how how twisted the mind can be, I guess. But but anyway, and you know, are we not sacrificing our children in this day and age? Something to think about. To what God, you say? Well, to the God of ourselves. We make the rules about whether something should live or die. If it's, if it suits us. Isn't that what abortion is? I digress. Back to Israel. Interesting thing is, on a number of occasions, I think it was uh, uh, verse 32, they worshiped the Lord, but they also appointed all sorts of their own people to officiate for them as priests in the shrines and high places. Well, that's the places that were not devoted to God. Do you remember when I was talking about devoted to God? That had a different meaning than our normal use of the word. Devoted had meant that if something was devoted to God, it had to be destroyed as a symbol of God owning it or having authority over it. Yet these places, these high shrines and high places, 
they were devoted in in the normal use of the word they were not devoted to God because they still existed you'll find out later when you learn about Hezekiah that he did destroy the high places and we all have them in our lives we have hidden websites we attend almost like church almost like regular attenders we'll hang out at a website for hours without realizing it but we but we can't go and be with other Christians for an hour I'm not wanting to guilt you okay because I don't like doing that I don't think it's actually appropriate for me to guilt you it is appropriate for the Holy Spirit to convict you and much like the prophets of the Old Testament there's a story earlier I think King King Ahab or something someone said you should call the prophets you should call this particular prophet and find out if you should go to war or not something like that he says, oh, I don't want to get him. He always tells me bad news. And they said, you better go get him. Because here they are about ready to go into war and stuff. And I think all the other prophets were saying, yeah, yeah, you'll have victory and stuff. And the other guy came in and said that he wasn't gonna. Now, if you're a soldier, you probably want to hear the word that's the cautionary word point is, is this prophet wasn't afraid to bow. See, they, they were telling this other prophet, hey, on the side, hey, buddy, just say what all the rest of them say. That he'll have good luck in battle. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't bow down to the, to the wind of doctrine of that day. He told him the, the way that he felt the Lord was telling him. And so I'd say I'd say I say to you that story, I tell you that story because I'm emboldened today, folks. I'm not worried about offending the flesh today. If you have problems devoting your whole life to God, remember how I said devoting? That means destroy it for God's purposes, destroy the flesh part. You know, we got to renew our mind every day. I'm not worried about what you think about me. Not now. I'm worried about what God thinks of me. And I believe that if I tell you the straight scoop, you're going to be way better off. And someday you'll thank me. I know it's painful for a season. But this king of... This king, uh, Ahab, needed to know the truth. And God was delivering the truth. Well, I'm delivering the truth today. Whether you want to believe it or not. And you know, although I might not be perfect, I can say this much. We need to destroy the high places in our lives. The high places that stand up against God. Gotta get them gone. And you think, man, we've been... We have such a tradition with this in our life. We're so used to it. 
Baloney, you might be used to it, but that doesn't give any strength to having it stand in your life. The power of God is in your life to destroy those things. I'm seeing it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in the lives of many where things that had held people down are being broken. Don't be like Israel here. The story goes on. They worshipped God a little bit later on. Let's see, where, where are we at? Yeah, 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 yeah. Verse 32. Yeah, verse 32 and 33. You need to check those out. Read them. Ver read them out loud. Let you hear yourself say these words. And it will really sink in, I think. In fact, listen to me as I read them to you. They worship the Lord, but they also appointed all sorts of their own people to officiate for them as priests in the shrines and the high places. Going on, verse 33. They worship the Lord, but they also served their own gods in accordance with the customs of the nations from which they had been brought. Isn't that weird how that's written? They worship the Lord, but they still worship these other things. They worship the Lord, yet they were still following the practice of these other things. That's pretty wild because I would have thought that God wouldn't have said that that way. You know, or you know, you think, well, if they're you know worshiping these other guys, gods, then they wouldn't be worshiping the Lord. But it says here that they were worshiping the Lord and they were worshiping these other gods. I had never ever caught that before. Let us not think that if we worship God, and you know, we can really feel serious about it and worship God and also be worshiping other idols and things in our lives. How about that? We can be wholeheartedly worshiping God one minute and wholeheartedly worshiping something else another minute. I thought that was pretty remarkable to think about. That that's, that's possible. That tells me that we can be not fully engaged when you look at the whole of our life. For a moment we might be fully engaged in one or the other. And even Israel was so weirded out by this whole thing, they would be worshiping God and at the same time devoting to other idols. So they, it was a mismatch. It's just really funny to me that God is saying that they worshipped me and they also worshipped that. It, it kind of knocked me back a little bit. Because don't we don't we I guess what that's just telling me is we really have to 
judge our motives. Paul in the New Testament talks about how he spoke in tongues more than those that he was writing to and he wished it for them too. And he recommended a life of prayer. And we're to have life that, you know, pray without ceasing. In other words, always be connected to your Father. You know, prayer doesn't have to be, um, you know, 100% focused on, you know, the, the kneeling of prayer and, you know, disconnecting everything from the world at that moment in time. No, I'm praying right now. And I'm driving and I'm talking into my phone. I'm praying right now. I'm having a conversation with the Lord and He is conversing with me right now and the little bits of it you get to hear. You know, we can recognize those high places a lot of times. Kind of spoke to me when I was reading about the, the idols we have in our life, how, you know, there would be high places and there would be places under trees. I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know what the symbolism of, you know, stuff under trees would mean. But... That what that spoke to me is that, yeah, we know the certain big ones in our lives. We know the big ones. You know, we can even give them to the Lord to help us deal with those. Because that's really the only way you can do it. You're not going to be able to combat it yourself. If you're one of the people that had their name, their account with that, that website that was hacked recently you know that that's the kind of thing that it was difficult to buy your own willpower to get out of. You need to give those things over to the Lord. You need to devote them to the Lord. You need to destroy the power that they have over your life. And how do you do that? You give that over to the Lord. And what's so difficult at times is we see that as such a... We see those high places as such a part of us that we feel like we aren't ourselves if we get rid of it. And I encourage you today, please hear me. God is saying to you today... That is not who you are. That maybe was who you were before you had the life of Christ in you. But that is not who you are and is definitely not who you were created to be. It's so hard to see what we were created to be when we, when we haven't really seen life without the sin nature. 
If we could only see how things were before sin entered the picture, if we could just see it, maybe maybe that would be helpful for us to recognize that when Adam and Eve, before they sinned, they had the life of God in them. God had breathed into them. The life of God was in them. They were inanimate, and then God breathed his life into them. So the God life was in them. And every day they'd wake up, that is assuming that they had to sleep, I don't know, but let's just say, they'd wake up, what's on the agenda today, God? There was absolutely nothing separating them from the one who created all atoms in the universe. What's on the agenda today, Lord? I want that for me and I want that for you. Why do I want that for you? Why do I care? <laughs> because I got the Spirit of God living in me and I do care about you. That's why I tell you that I love you. Not because I have to, because I truly do. If you hear these words, I love you with the love of God. Have you ever heard someone tell you that they love you in a way that's, you know, a clean way, a decent way? Well, anyway, I think I'm going on tangents again. That's just how I go. But those high places, they've got to go for your own good. It talks about how the Lord was so angered by the disobedience of Israel that they were given over to plunderers. I thought that was really appropriate terminology because our enemy, when we're not giving our lives to the Lord and and getting really under his protection really because that's what it is our lives get plundered we lose years folks you know what I'm talking about let's not lose any more time our time is precious I don't care if you're 70 years old, 59, 42, 13, or 5 years old. Time is precious. Every minute is precious. Now, we frankly don't have time to waste. I used to think that when people would talk about that kind of stuff, we don't have time to waste and you know, we've got to you know, I I never really got I never really got I never really caught their vision. I'm hoping you catch mine today cuz it's really been strong recently for me and I don't want you to catch the vision because it's Rusty's vision. I want you to catch the vision cuz I think it's God's vision, but I want to explain it to you so you can catch it. 
The reason I'm saying that time is short is every minute that we're bowing to our high places in our lives and it's not God, a couple things are happening. We're opening the door for plundering to happen in our lives. And basically that's, you know, you can kind of picture that as the enemy taking things of worth. And I'm not talking about, you know, material possessions so much. Because those come and go. God knows what you need. And He'll provide what you need. Just be obedient and He'll provide what you need. But I'm talking about the things that are maybe the intangible things. The things that the enemy can plunder. And you might not even be aware of it. Things like peace. Man, is that a big one. And I can tell you firsthand... If you don't have peace, it's miserable. And I can tell you firsthand, when you have peace, it's beyond the best feeling in the world. You think things like sex are awesome? Married people. (laughs) If you have peace in your life, there is nothing better. Where does peace come from? Peace comes from the throne of God. How do you get it? Spend time at the throne of God. And don't spend time at your high places. Simple. Every high place will be cast down. Whether, you know, they're going to be cast down one way or the other. It's whether or not you want to be part of the post-cast down party or not. Do you want to have that kind of peace in your life? Well, then get part of the get part of the the cast down party going on in your life. Cast those things down. How do you do it? You don't have to struggle. You just cast them before the throne of God. He takes it. Those high things, just let them go. Now, I know it's hard to let go of those things, and sometimes they're so part of us that. It's so part of us that it's almost like surgery to kind of remove it from us. And it's painful. I, I get it. We rely on things. Our, our mind thinks that we need to be angry. I can't let go of my anger. You know, I, I come back to the anger thing. And I come, <clears throat> come back to the lust thing. Because those are two... <clears throat> excuse me. Those are two emotion things that, you know, I can relate to. Uh, But there are plenty other ones out there. So, you know, you know, I think, what what your main challenges are. I I, I just want you to know, 
getting back to you know why we need to why we need to put an emphasis on gaining our time back and why it's so important to not lose any more time when you can have that kind of peace in your life it is remarkable how much you can help other people when you don't have the peace of the Lord in your life operating at 100%, you know, a lot of the energy that's flowing in your life, a lot of it, you might need just to make it through your own day. It's not how you're going to minister to somebody else. But it's important to be able to minister to somebody else because of this. God came for that person. Just like he came for you, he came for that person. How's he going to reach that person? Through you. Whoever that other person happens to be. As you get victory in certain areas of your life, other people will notice. Because there will be peace that rests on your life in those areas that never were there before and you will be bold in your witness you will be a different person and it will be seen the unsafe person doesn't see into the spiritual so well in scripture it talks about how they don't they don't recognize the things of the spirit But they do recognize the changes that, you know, the, the things of the Spirit in your life, they change the outward man or woman. They change you. When you have the peace of God resting in your life, and meaning you're not conflicted about this and that high place in your life because you've given them over to the Lord and He's washed them. When you're, not, when you're not conflicted about those things, your mind can be clear toward the things that really need to happen. You can hear the Lord better. You're emboldened. The, it's really cool. It's like booting up a computer. You know, you know what that word booting? You know where that comes from? It's like a bootstrap. You know, to get your boot on, you have to pull on the strap. When you boot a computer, it loads just a teeny program, and then it, that program's job is to load the bigger program. So you have to bootstrap, you have to get the little strap in there, and then its job is to get the whole thing in there. When you are following the Lord and you're giving that high place, a lesser place of authority in your, in your life, meaning you say, okay, I used to be high, but now, God, I give you authority over that. This is like bootstrapping your life. You give him authority over that thing, and now that thing doesn't have its hold on you anymore. Because that little thing doesn't have its hold on you anymore, other things that should have a hold on you that the Lord has for you start to have more weight. It's like you're loading your operating system, the right one. Before I knew the Lord, 
I was a stupid 286. Couldn't even load my operating system. Now, I don't even know what the CPU models are. I should ask my son. He, he could tell me better. But now, it doesn't matter what kind of computer you are. Whether you're, you know, a quad-core whatever, or a lowly 286. If you don't have the operating system, you're not going to be doing much. And I'm saying the high places keep you from being able to boot up. That's really what I'm trying to say today. You got to let those high places go. And then you can boot up your OS. I know that's from the Lord because, because it, it wasn't from what I was reading in the Word of God. <laughs> but I believe it's at the core of it, at the quad core of it, it's foundational to our Christian walk. It's not about being right. It's not about following the rules. Rules smooths. The old law, Jesus said we couldn't follow it anyway. But what he did say is that if you had the power of him in you, then you could move mountains. Our walk as Christians is not whether we can follow the rules or not. <clears throat> it's whether or not we can know the one who can help us follow those rules. And whether we give him all authority in our life. 100% authority. And it, just like bootstrapping, you just you give him an area, and he'll show you that he's faithful. And then you can give him another area, and he can show you that he's faithful in that. Before you know it, your operating system is booting up, and you're functioning in the way that you should have been functioning all along. Kind of like Adam and Eve before the fall. They had the life of God fully in them, 100%. There was no need for them to seek other high places. He was, God was the high place. There was nothing else that could even come close. But because we're in a fallen state, we try to fill it with all of the, you know, we try to fill those high places with whatever suits our flesh. When that just doesn't, that doesn't play in God's game. That's like the Vista operating system. And you know how good that was. Well, maybe you don't, but trust me, that wasn't very good. You don't want to have plundering going on. You don't want to be crashing your OS. So, taking it one step further, the Holy Spirit in your life, that's like a liquid-cooled engine. The oil of the Spirit will take that heat right out of your CPU. Keep you running under peace. So that was my challenge for you today. 
If you don't like it, just pretend I'm one of those Old Testament prophets that you don't like the word I bring forth. That's okay, I can deal with that. Lest you think I like telling you what's up, please remember, when I listen to this later, I'm going to be so convicted. And that's exactly why I do these things, because it's not, it's not to make Rusty look good. It's really to make God look good in your life. I'm just helping you see the, the boundaries that really are for all of us as Christians. And how you can really, really have a, a good ride in your life. Sound good? All right. Hey, remember to look up uh, the story of Hezekiah, 2 Kings, you'll find it. Check it out. See how he did it. That's your homework, okay? See how he did it. He took care of some high places. There were, you know, there were repercussions. But God's faithful. God's faithful to you today. He will be faithful. He doesn't change, so he's going to be faithful to you. 100% life. 100% life. 100% life. Operating system for you. Give up those high places. Give them over to him. Let him be the one in charge. Stay in the word. Live in peace. Pray for those who persecute you. And I will see you on the flip. Hey, this is Rusty James. Thanks for coming along every day for the ride. I just want to ask you to do me a solid and share this with your friends on Facebook and also uh, like it on SoundCloud and share it on SoundCloud. You know the drill. Want to get the word out. If this is really hitting you where you live, then it's going to hit somebody else where they live too. So if you can do that for me, I'd appreciate it. There's people already in the Netherlands and Russia and Argentina that are getting this. So the word's getting out. And I want you to be a part of that. So share it and live it. Peace.